On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about the second round of the NBA playoffs, Tom Brady's deal with Fox Sports, and the PGA Tour's ongoing battle with the Saudi Golf League. Hope you enjoy the pod. Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Aristivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Thursday, May 12th, and our Celtics made a great response to the Bucks. Um, they tied it up 2-2, took one in Milwaukee. They're playing actively right now. Um, but were you surprised by them being able to steal one in Milwaukee, especially with Al Horford kind of leading the, the show there? <laughs> that was wild. I know uh, a little resurgence for him. Um, as Career kind of playoff event, high, which which kind of reminds me of that um, their championship team. Like they did have a few vets on that team that stepped up throughout um, their championship run. So need it. You need it on the night like that. Um, three balls falling a little bit for them, and they're still playing well defensively. So I think this is the series. I think for sure is going seven. Um, kind of a grinded out playing right now. Tight game already um could be the best i think this the winner of this one is the east representative in the um in the finals yeah i'd agree with that and i think your comment about the veterans you always end up needing one or two of those people to yeah to kind of like come out of nowhere have a good game uh kind of uh off the off the bench or a role player um to kind of like add a little bit of value because it was kind of like jason tatum was the only other person uh, playing really well that Robert Williams is now injured. Um, you missed the last couple games. Um, so yeah, needing help wherever you can get it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, Giannis has been incredible though. So like, he's still trying to will that team to, to, uh, a win, uh, without Middleton. I I'm actually surprised the Celtics have had as much difficult. Like I thought they'd be like close games, but I didn't think, I thought without Middleton, it wouldn't be as difficult of a run. Like obviously any team with Giannis is going to be, that's going to be a hard out. They're not going to go down without a fight kind of uh, mentality, but like, that's a huge piece. It's their second best player. That's not there. Um, So I thought the Celtics would, and you know, they have their core uh, kind of there. So you would have thought they, with how well they had been playing, they kind of would have, you know, handled like been like close games, but probably, a little bit more in control of the series than they are. I feel like they've been kind of on the back foot or on the defense. Most of the series is the, you know, the bucks kind of keep landing their first punches and then the Celtics are forced to respond. 
and they have been, which is great because they're a young team with um, some experience in the playoffs and, and a lot of cohesiveness, but, um, but yeah, it's still not. And they're obviously playing against the defending champs too on top of that. So great responses by them. But um, I think the, the bucks have constantly put them up the Celtics on their back feet and, um, and Giannis is obviously a huge part of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said it recently in one of our last few podcasts is um, he's he's moving into a category of a player I have a tough time betting against um, when they're in the game in the series. Um, I feel like they can will a team to a win. We've seen him win a championship. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think his star prowess could, could put the bucks over the top against the Celtics, but um, pull him for the Celtics in a big way. Yeah. I think Celtics having home court advantage is huge. I think, Obviously, every game moving forward when the series is tied 2-2, you know, it's now a best-of-three series. Um, so every game is is super tight and super important. But I think this is a key one. They're at home. They just won a big game again um, last time. Uh, so they have to carry that momentum. They have to get, get up in this series. I think they have to be up and um, kind of go in with a lot of confidence into Milwaukee um, and put them on their heels. So I think... Tonight's the night they have to really take control of the series and and get a win here. I think if they don't, um, I'd be a little worried about them having to win two in a row, including one in Milwaukee with with Giannis. I think that's a that's a tough that's a tough task. Um, yeah, but I do agree. I think whoever wins this is is most likely uh, coming out of the East, barring any injuries or anything like that. I think the the writing's on the wall that these are two of the better teams in the whole league. Uh, let alone the Eastern Conference. So um, the other two have not looked as impressive. Um, so is that your, I mean, I think we've predicted this series multiple times. So are you still saying, we say Bucks and seven? I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to stick with it. Um, Celtics, the way they play, though, it has surprised me a little bit. I know they've been playing good defense, but they've, they've bounced back. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. So you think it's Celtics win tonight, and then Bucks win the lot next two. Is that kind of your prediction? Oh, I guess for it to go seven, yeah. Um, no, I, I, Bucks. You win could have tonight. them split, but you'd have yeah, to have it I be like I'm kind of. Have, like... I think I'll go Bucks tonight. Celtics, Bucks. Wow! So you're having three away teams win in a row. Yeah, I know. Out of the out of the ordinary, but I think that's how it's going to go. Continue to trade punches. Continue to trade punches. Yeah, it's a tough one to – I could see that going so many different directions. Man, it's such a good series, though. What a fun Great one. Series. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I got to make a prediction. Uh, I will say Bucks and six. Okay. Win tonight, yeah. win again. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong uh, with that prediction. Not and, a bad pick, though. And, and I could – I could go in three or four different other directions with this too. And, um, but I, I, Giannis, like you said, I think the way they've played so far and what they can still do. And, um, you know, I think they're, they're, they're just playing really well. And I think they, they got the Celtics on their heels. So, um, the other, since we're in the East, we mentioned them quickly, the heat Sixers. So we saw Embiid come back, um, which caused a quick resurgence by the Sixers. It took games, three and four at home, uh, but then got absolutely destroyed and blown out uh, in Miami. So the Heat are up 3-2 in that series. Um, were you surprised by 
not Embiid returning. I think that was to be expected. Um, nope. Seemed to have a, a positive impact, but then you saw a great James Harden game four, um, but then right back down to not the James Harden that we've come to know, but have become familiar with over the last year or two. Um, a more sporadic and streaky uh, shooter. Um, so, I mean, do you think Sixers still have any shot at this? They're going back home again, but. So I'm going to stick to my, what I said last week. Um, I thought the Embiid coming back would get them two wins, um, but I still think they fall in six for two. Um, I think they had the, they had their boost. They got their shot of uh, adrenaline from that coming back. Um, I think that helped Harden have a good night, but um, he got, so you got banged up a little bit again in the last game. Um, so heat and six. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I think that's right. And Jimmy Butler has been playing well. They have, you know, they're missing Lowry, but that doesn't even seem to matter. It actually seems to benefit them in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they can just slot hero into that position. They can slot Oladipo into that position. Um, so they have a lot of depth and, and um, that's a good defensive team. So yeah, I agree. I think that he uh, closed it out in game six in Philly. With that being said, do you think the Sixers sign Harden after this performance and like kind of like bring him on long term? I don't know what else they do. I don't know if we've talked about this before. I can't remember. We, but We did. We did a little bit. I don't remember we talked. About but now that we've seen a little bit more from him over the playoffs. I don't I think the consensus we kind of came to is I don't know if they have a choice. I think they, they have to sign him. I think, um, I mean, I guess you don't have to do anything, but what else are they going to do? Yeah. Um, showed well, again, if Embiid, if Embiid likes him, if Embiid wants to play with him and Harden wants to be there, I think pay him. Um, I'm okay with that. If Embiid could kind of take him or leave him or is like, eh, let's go this direction. I think I lean towards what Embiid wants to do in this case. Yeah. I think that's what they have to lean into, get him healthy again, give him some rest. I think it's actually better that they're not moving forward because I don't think it would be beneficial to his, his health. I think he still needs surgery on his thumb, get him the window that he needs to get healthy for that and just have his face recover as well. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season for that team though. I think if they are, if they lose in six or even in seven, um, I think it's something they have to be, you know, at least, thinking about and talking about and, and trying to figure out and see what Embiid uh, would want to see happen with his team. Um, that's it from the East side. Uh, so I think we both have the bucks right now, bucks heat and that uh, we'll see, although we're rooting for Celtics heat yes. um, or would we actually be rooting for Celtics? Sixers I, think I, would, because... I mean, if the Sixers were playing, I would love a Celtics Sixers uh, <laughs> yeah. final. Of course, that'd be freaking awesome. But, uh, but no, I mean, Sixers, I think stick a fork in them. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, the other series, um, let's go with the the Suns Mavs initially since they played last wow. night. So we saw the Suns take a 3-2 lead there. They were dominant in the first two games. That's what we had talked about. But then we saw Dallas um, have a little bit of a resurgence themselves um, and win two uh, really good games um, from them in Dallas. Uh, but then Phoenix blew them out again last night in the th after the third quarter. Um, so... But I'm surprised that Dallas True. turned this into a fight. I think we both had like either a sweep or five games. Um, and this is at least minimally going six. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. Um, so yeah, are you are you in the are you surprised by Dallas's um able to like even a series and make it close? Oh and yeah. Then, 
And then does it have you, do you have any concerns with Phoenix keep continuing to have these long uh, drawn out series? Um, yeah. Cause I, I believe I called the Mavericks boring on our last episode. Um, <laughs> they still you know, kind they of de- are. <laughs> they definitely listen to this podcast and, you know, put that sound clip, they, they yeah. printed it out and put it on their bulletin board um, in their locker room. Clearly, you know, yeah. You're so, enemy number one in Dallas. Man. I am enemy number one in Dallas. Mark, Mark Cuban hates me. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I was very surprised, you know, Luca stepped up in a big way for a team that didn't have a lot around him. Um, some other players made some really big shots for them. Um, and I, I don't think it's unfair to say with what Chris Paul dealt with off the court that his mind was a million different places um, in the, in one of those losses. So, I mean, that's, that's tough for anybody to deal with. I know professional athlete, but still he was thinking about his family for a lot of that game. Um, you know, I think he, had an off night and I don't think that helped, um, in that situation, but, um, but yeah, sun's back on track. Um, I think we're getting a look, you know, we thought the Suns would just run through all these opponents and I don't want to say they struggle, but they've been tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're seeing is like what we've talked about throughout the year is how good the West is from top to bottom, um, more so even than the East. So, you know, Luke is a competitor. I'm sure he's getting those guys up, you know, showing a lot for me as a fan and not a fan, but like what I think of Luca, I do think um, if they can get some weapons around him or some options in Dallas, like they have the, excuse me, they have the start they need. Um, but I think the Suns will be fine. I think they win at six. Yeah. I think uh, the, the game plan has been good by Dallas in, in response to, to the Suns. I think, um, and then the Suns obviously counter to their game plan as was obviously successful in game three. Uh, but like Luca was getting others involved and not trying to do everything himself. Um, and that was what was helpful for them. Cause that's when Luca's best is when he's able to kind of be a distributor, but also scoring and, and getting involved in a lot of ways um, and not forcing the scoring, but then Phoenix was able to kind of like put that onus back on him and kind of take out the other people, uh, all the role players and, and others that had been playing well. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting back and forth from a strategic standpoint, see what Dallas does to respond. If Phoenix is able to continue the success they saw in game five. Um, but yeah, I don't think they have enough. Like, I think they're okay with Luca. Luca could score, you know, 60, 70 points if, they'd actually be okay with that. I think in most instances, as long as, you know, the others aren't, you know, going off for like 20 points or, or anything like that. So um, I think that's what the Suns are kind of hopeful for. And, um, but I think he has been great. I think it's still a good sign for him. He's got his, his first uh, playoff series win, even if he only played in one or two of the the games in the last series. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's in the second round and now he's getting, you know, going up against one of the best teams in the league. Um, and playing really well and putting up a fight. So I think that's a good thing. Build momentum off of that, sign the right people, get the right uh, pieces around him. And, uh, and that's going to be a team to watch uh, moving forward. And yeah, as for the Suns, I think it's, it's also a sign of like, I think one is maybe we were overconfident in their regular season performance, um, which was good. Uh, but I think we all just expected them to just run rampant through the playoffs um, but it also means that they're going to take everyone's best shot too. Um, yes. And I think that's what you're seeing is Dallas is going to give them their best shot. You know, New Orleans is going to give them their best shot. 
um, and Phoenix has been able to withstand it so far. Um, and I think that's a, a testament to, to that team. Uh, we saw Monty Williams win coach of the year over the last week, uh, well-deserved from, from him. But I think uh, they're clearly on a mission and, and I think they're, they know what's at hand and, you know, the job's not done from their point of view. Um, and I think they also feel like they probably could be playing better. I don't know that they feel like they've reached their, um, their peak ability yet. I think they're still trying to get that consistency back that they had in the regular season. I think that's, what's been missing from, from this playoffs. Cause like they'll, you know, they had the two dominant games in game two and then fell apart. They, that's like, that's more surprising. I'm surprised they didn't get one in Dallas which was like a little surprising. Like I thought they'd go back to Phoenix and be closing out three, you know, up three, one and closing out in game five. But, um, but I still think like, then you see their response in game five and it's, you know, it's a really I think, impressive I think way. Fall apart is a, is a, is a tough way to describe it. Um, I think it's, you kind of said it earlier, you're kind of like good coaching and counter to a counter. Um, so I, I, I think it was just because of how well they played in games one and two that it was kind of like, wow, that was, I didn't expect that. (laughs) No, I guess you're right. But but like even Jordan's teams, you know, have lost like games like this in the series and he was on a number of dominant teams. So um, I guess guess you're not hitting the panic button though, right? I wouldn't yet, but I, I mean, I would also, if they lost this series, yeah, I would be surprised, but also like maybe the writing was on the wall. Like we saw, like, you know, the Dallas kind of wrote, wrote the, they kind of figured out, they were able to scheme a, a way to, to take them out. We saw them struggle against a team that was 10 games below 500 yep. um, playing would... again. Well, at the end of the year, but like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not to be expected when they were putting up numbers that are like on par with some of the best NBA teams we've ever seen. I would say, though, I think, obviously, like I said, they win this in six, but this is a lot of film for the Warriors to see um, and to see what how did the Mavs win. And that's a much better team than the Mavericks with the veterans we talked about with the Celtics. Um, so I think that series is going to be good, but I could see the Warriors um, throughout that series just taking control a little more each game. Yeah, I mean, they're gauntlet to the finals is going to be tough. I mean, having to face the scrappy upstart Pelicans, you know, an overwhelming talent like Luca and then the veteran, you know, champions in, in the warriors. Uh, and then like maybe the, the defending champs or, uh, you know, an upstart again, young upstart Celtics team. If, they, if interesting, they get in. you say that though, because if I had asked you like two or three weeks ago that the Suns get the Pelicans in the first round and the, the Mavericks in the second round. I would have been like, clock them like, into the conference finals. Exactly. Yeah. Like they got to have an easy run right here, maybe lose two games. So, um, so yeah. So yeah, maybe it is a little worrisome actually now that. Yeah. You know, I, I, like I said, not hitting the panic button. I think it's just more of what we saw from them in the regular season. You know, bookers look great. Um, but I think that it's just been, some people have been inconsistent. Chris Paul, maybe it's a little bit to be expected. He's older um had the shoulder pretty large load against the pelicans because booker got hurt deandre ayton's been inconsistent mikhail bridges has been great but then doesn't have his offensive performance every night jay crowder's you know kind of spotty and and some of their role players they rely on haven't been 
you know, giving the, the same type of performances, you know, campaign got benched last game. And that was like, their that's their backup point guard. Um, they had Cam Johnson hasn't been putting up some of the games that he was able to put up in, in the, um, regular season. Um, so it's, you know, a little bit more streaky performances from some of the guys that they had been seeing some really consistent performances from. Um, so I think that's more of the, like, why is that happening? And I don't really know why, and maybe it is good scheme. Maybe the Mavericks are kind of figuring things out there. Um, and the Pelicans did too. Maybe they were also just weird matchups. Just maybe that's how it worked out. Like, um, but also I think we're just seeing, um, that the West might've been better than we had anticipated too. And, um, and I think that was the other thing too, is maybe too high of expectations. Like the Suns are still playing well, they're still winning. So, uh, maybe it's, you know, no need to hit the panic button. I'm just maybe like tamper our expectations a little bit and that it's not going to be like they're sweeping or, you know, dominating this playoffs or going to potentially, you know, tough it out win really, really gritty series. And, and maybe that's how they, they win their first title. But I think again, the key for that team, regardless is staying healthy. So, yes. so I think, you know, Booker looks great. So it's great. Glad to see him. Paul's been the one that's kind of the one that they is always, in question. And then, um, you know, Jay Crowder had got a little banged up. Mikhail Bridges have gotten banged up a couple of times, but hasn't missed any time. Um, and then obviously they need, uh, the big man, Deandre in the, in the, in the center too. So I think that's a great segue into our next team. Yeah, true. Uh, which you kind of hinted at what we expect to probably happen. We'll find out tonight if it comes true. Uh, but warriors, um, took a three, one series lead against, the. Uh, Grizzlies, unfortunately, John Morant got hurt. Um, no, the Grizzlies played well in the regular season without him, but we're now in playoff time. We saw how uh, reliant and dependable Morant is in the clutch time of, of these games and making sure he's able to score points and being that calming um, presence in that team, um, that confidence, instilling that confidence in that team. But yeah, had an unfortunate, I mean, they were getting blown out. They were likely losing game three. I believe it was anyway. Um, but yeah, had a weird situation, uh, like a loose ball kind of thing. It looked like he had a moment earlier in the game too, where he kind of banged knees with somebody. Um, but had a weird kind of like 50, 50 ball. Jordan Poole tried to grab it, uh, grabbed his knee instead. And basically uh, it seems like that caused or triggered something to happen. Um, so he limped off the court, didn't play the rest of that game and then missed game four. Um Although to be fair, Grizzlies had a chance in that game. Uh, and actually we, you could argue probably should have won that game. Um, and the Warriors kind of stole it at the end. They didn't lead until less than five minutes left, I think, um, in that game. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that series? And kind of, you know, seeing Ja go down in this way, kind of tough. He's been the most, one of the more fun storylines and, and people to watch this season. Yeah, it's disappointing to see him go down. Um, I think the Warriors took their best punch the other night of everybody else on the team. Um, so I do think they win in five now. I don't think it goes past game five. Um, yeah, just a big bummer to see Ja go down. You know, it was a great series. He was playing well. Um, the games have been exciting. And you know, he said he's arguably the most exciting player on the court to watch right now. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, people definitely do tune in to see the Warriors, lots of Warriors fans now, and with Steph Curry there and and um, all the people they have. But I think you might argue that more people are turning in to watch John Moran. Um, but, but yeah, big bummer to see him get hurt. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit for the pod. And Emily, not a malicious um, – I don't think there was malicious intent there for, you know, the knee grab or whatever you want us to call it. Um, but just sad to see it happen. Like you've been yeah. since the start of the playoffs. You don't want to see injuries. You don't want to see injuries. You don't want to see injuries. And it's probably be at the top of the list of the injury you didn't want to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely that's that. This was been a fun series up till that. Even in that game, even though they were getting blown out, I mean, it was an incredible performance by the Warriors. Um, I thought a great like you know follow up response. Like the the Grizzlies were playing a super. That was a tough game to watch from like a entertainment standpoint but it was um you know those two teams are battling the grizzlies are being really gritty and then you know it's what we've come to know that franchise for the grit and grind grizzlies so they were kind of grinding it out playing really solid defense and doing just enough and and really uh using their defense to propel uh them to potentially winning that game before they kind of lost it in the end um and obviously having Morant there would have been super helpful in that moment um, and probably would have helped them close the door to, to bring that series to a tie. Um, but yeah, so I, it looks like that's the end of the road for this Grizzlies team. Most likely, um, you know, Morant's out the rest of the series. So uh, even if they can steal a win at home here, it's going to be you know tough to beat the Warriors, I think three times in a row um, to, to kind of get that series back uh, uh, under their control. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Warriors? Do you see them as a threat to make it to the finals? They haven't played incredibly well. I think Steph hasn't shot that well. He's still putting up good numbers otherwise. So uh, I think his three-point shooting has been a little streaky. One or two good games um, of three-point shooting. Clay Thompson has been extremely streaky, um, not shooting that well. Jordan Poole definitely playing well, but again, has his moments. Andrew Wiggins, like we'll see him hit a wide open three. He'll get the same look later on in the fourth quarter. And he actually hit the backboard and nothing else. Like it made no sense. He was wide open. So, but that's even happening for other guys on the, on the court too. I saw Steph do shots like that. Like stuff just seems off with that. Like they're not the warriors where we've come to know they have the talent and they can get there, but it's not happening as consistently as we've seen. Um, so I'm wondering, do you actually see them as, as a potential threat to the to the Suns if this or the Mavericks, whoever makes it out of that series, but we both think it will be the Suns. Um, or to like, so are they a threat to whoever they play in the Western Conference Finals, assuming they close out against the Grizzlies? And do you see them as a threat to win a whole thing? Uh, yes, and yes, I do think they're a threat. Um, um, I think some of the worries we had about the Suns against the the Mavs, I, I think up until obviously now, but Memphis is a good team. They're two seed in the West. Like they had a great year, very strong team. Um, so not surprised with some of the, like the, the struggles they brought on themselves. Some of those shooting struggles you talked about. Yes. Yeah, so like that can be a little dumb um, turnovers. They always have those. They, they do yeah, get la- a little um, lazy with the passing and, you know, they'll put up some bad shots or make some bad, dumb mistakes like that. But. Yeah, but I but I definitely think they're in the mix. Um, like I said, I think they get done in five, um, and on to that um, an opportunity with a veteran. I know we're saying the veteran seems to be the word of the night, but that veteran crew 
lots of film against a team they've played plenty of this year against the Sun. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm now not prepared to say like they're the favorite in that series. Um, I think the Suns go into it as the favorite, but it's it, it, it's a war. It's a war of a series for sure. Um, I think they both bring different um, different strengths to that series. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I think. But, but yeah, I absolutely do. As long as they're in the playoffs, I think they're a threat to win to an NBA championship. Yeah, I think the the harder thing, and a lot of people have been talking about this, is Clay is not the same uh, defensive player that he used to be. Um, so I think the issue there is the Suns have a lot of offensive talent they can throw at. Like Draymond will probably be responsible for obviously uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, so I imagine that's not going to be Ayton series most likely. Uh, but you'll see Booker, Paul. Uh, Mikhail Bridges and and others kind of be able to do whatever they want. I don't I don't think the the defensive talent is as strong as it has been there, and they can't rely on Clay like they used to. He's just not the same athlete. Maybe he will get there next year. I think it's a lot to expect from someone that hasn't played in two years to just all automatically return to one the shooting form we're used to seeing from him, but also like the athleticism and and defensive ability. He's also older anyway. Um, but yeah, so not. yeah, and that might and happen that's too. The reality of it, he might not. I mean, that was a significant injury he had and a significant amount of recovery. So, um, so he just might Two not. significant injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So he might just be a very good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the hard part, right? Like we're seeing this inconsistency with the shooting uh, pretty often uh, amongst those players. We're not seeing like Stefan Clay. Um, kind of end pool like every now and then I think game three it kind of happened a little bit um but like that's what scares me is because it's still there and you can still see it happening and that's the hard hard thing to realize I just think their defense is not as as strong as it used to be um it's a lot lot to put on Draymond to kind of anchor um the, the rest of those uh guys on that team um I do think that's what makes me think the Warriors are would be a competitive. I, if it was the Suns, I'd say the Suns in six probably against that Warriors team. Um, but I think it would be a good battle. Like I said, they still got Steph. They still have Clay. Still have uh, an upstart Jordan Poole. Draymond's there. Like he's, we've kind of like outlined the the veterans that are a part of that group. Steve Kerr wasn't even coaching in Game Four. He had to deal with a COVID uh, issue. So there's that that could have played a factor in in that performance a little bit but the thing that's scary is what we've seen them do in the past and sometimes that can blind you and maybe we're we shouldn't be thinking that way about that this team anymore this group um but i think it's hard not to when you know what steph and clay and um you've seen jordan Poole all season be able what they're capable of doing so if they have a stretch of games like it you can definitely find themselves in the, in the finals again, if, if things are all clicking at the same time and they get rolling. The problem is I think the sun's defense is really, really good. So um, it's probably not going to be any easier for them to, to find that groove. Um, even if one of them is able to catch fire. Yeah. But, I think we're fair with the, the, the sun's in six, I could see the warriors just willing it to seven with the people they have there. Um, but yeah, I think the sun's go in the favorite and 
Um, I, I think I'm sticking to my initial prediction um, of a rematch of last year's final. Yeah, and the Mavs would be, if it was Mavs-Warriors, I think that's an interesting one, though. Uh, I think that would be well, a fun one to watch. the Mavs, they're clearly then a hot team if they get past the Suns uh, with that comeback. So, um, yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah, so still, I, I would probably give the edge to the Warriors, I think, uh, in that case, um, which, you know, it's been a while since we've seen them in the finals, I guess. Uh, so it would be fun to see them back in there again. Uh, mixing it up and see if they can steal one uh, one more championship away from from this league. Um, so yeah, that's what we got going on there. Uh, so we'll check in on that stuff later on. Um, NFL stuff, only small amount of news there. We saw Tom Brady. Never seen this before. Uh, an active player in the league signed a deal with Fox Sports. Whenever he's done um to be one of the game um analysts for fox sports uh what are your thoughts were you surprised when you saw that announcement uh ton of money um it's ridiculous based on nothing (laughs) yeah baseball uh his his obviously immense you know yeah i mean alan and i would absolutely hire him um i think he'll do a great job oh really I think I do. I do think I'm very interested in what he, he will say. Um, I, I think this is an opportunity to get into his mind. Um, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So, so yeah, I'd be very curious, especially when he starts, he will be freshly out of the league. So he will know a lot of the teams, a lot of the defenses, you know, when I played this team, this is what I looked for. So, so yes, I think, I think he will be good. Um, do I think he's $375 million, possibly more good? No, I, I think that's great. 10 year contract, making more money than he made during his entire NFL career. Um, there's, you don't, you don't, Fox will not make like what Fox thinks is going to make a half billion dollars off this 10 year contract. No way. I'm going to watch football, whether Tom Brady's doing it or not. Um, right. their, their ratings aren't going to go up. They, they really can't go up much more. Like, so good for him for getting that money like that's perplexing to me yes i'm interested in what tom brady has to say but 375 million dollars is absurd and there's still no timetable on when it will start like we don't know how long he's going to play we thought he was done this year um so who knows um with that i wonder if anybody at fox knows now i heard this interesting take today that now that um fox is locked in with him they got this 10-year contract on the table do they not that he is anybody gives tom brady really a hard time but do they handle him with kid gloves now like for all the reporting like if they if someone from fox gets a scoop on tom brady something like an injury scoop uh, something like uh, oh there's been a locker room issue anything that you can imagine in a season does fox report it i mean they should from an ethical and journalistic standpoint yeah well i mean we've already seen with nfl like it came out adam Schefter is checking with gms before he puts out stories like (laughs) i I think journalists now are trying to make money and they can't piss off their clients so if they treat a player badly they don't get stories nba stuff happens in the nba world too yeah so i'd be very curious to see if something the story comes out and again tom brady is barely outside of the flate gate 
sees a lot of negative publicity. Um, so I'd be very curious to see if something would like Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer gets a scoop of some sort. Does he does he report it or does he keep it internal? I'd be I'd be curious to see that. My guess would be yes, he reports it, and that's my hope as well. I hope, yeah. Um, I'm surprised you think he's going to be good. I don't feel as strongly that he would be a a good personality in the in the booth. Someone I had not watched yet personally, um, but I guess he was pretty good on the tuck rule. Um, I didn't feel that way. You did not. I had not watched it. That is what I heard. And I heard his analysis was all right when he was talking about it. Um, but obviously you watched it. So the full. I only saw, I saw elements of it. I didn't watch the full thing from start to finish, but I did like pop in. Cause I saw it was on and, and saw like what I don't know, the last 10 or 15 minutes. And I just, and I've also seen him on the shop with LeBron James. And he said, I forget the quote. It was something along the lines of that. He isn't really himself when he's like responding to reporters, when he's like in the public eye, like it's yeah, not no, really. No. And so that makes me feel like, I feel like the best people are exactly who they are when they're doing an anal like being analysts and stuff. Now I wonder though, like he's out of the league, he's got the bag. Does he ease up and loosen up a little bit? Does he let his hair down a little bit? Does he show some personality? Uh, I don't know because he he's done like I think he's great on social media. He's really funny. He he responds in the moment. He knows the audience. He's done like performances on Entourage and he was really good in like those moments. So like he's capable of it, but I'm like, I think of someone Peyton feels way more natural at it. And I don't feel like I have that vibe from Brady. I feel like everything would seem forced or just, I, I don't see it, you know, like being as natural for him. No shot. He's running social media. Oh, well, no, yeah, definitely not. But but he does, I'm talking about like, he'll put out a video and he's in the video. Like the one I sent you about him, like. Yes, incredibly (laughs) produced. Like, I think he signs off on it, but he has a team. And that team is doing that and like bringing those ideas to him. And he's like, yeah, let's do that one. That seems fun. Um, So I, I, yes, I think everything he does is incredibly calculated, which has turned, made him very successful in everything he does. Um, So we'll see. But like, but I, I don't feel that way about LeBron. LeBron is extremely calculated in everything he does. I think he'd be an incredible NBA analyst because I respect his, his view of the game. I think he's incredibly smart. He almost has a photographic memory when it comes to the, like the game. He's incredibly knowledgeable. I think he, he's also like a, a person that's like been fun, like he in movies and, and other things. So like he's not, um, but this is again, someone that's extremely calculated. I think he'd be great as an NBA analyst. So I don't feel that way about Brady though. I don't, Okay. I just don't, I can see what you mean. I think Brady is much more of a robot than LeBron is, but I think he, he shows flashes, but I just, I'm, I'm worried about it over a four hour, you know, four hour period and in dead time. And I don't know, like, I, 
I well, think I mean, the, it, whoever you partner with will help carry him through that. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing LeBron too. Um, I only brought him up because of the calculated aspect. Like, you know, that he's very yeah, um, strategic in I, how he talks about things, but I'd be curious. I'm going to be kind of curious about the two of them. I guess football, football more so. And football like, for example, so. I, I don't, Michael Jordan, I don't think would be a good analyst. No, I don't think so either. I think you're right. Cause he just did everything so well. He doesn't understand why you can't. Well, that, that, I think he, he's, he does have a huge ego and I just don't feel like I have that same, like he's great in like his own producing Kobe would have been awesome. Probably the thing I could say with Brady and football is football is so play driven. So they're lined up and they haven't hiked the ball yet. So Brady can look down and be like, Oh, they're in cover two. All right. I see um, this tight ends here. There this, like you can just quickly break that down in your mind. I feel like, there'd be more, for, for a short like more term. that's a short-term that. thing though the more removed you are from that like I, I was listening to bill simmons and he brought this point up and it's actually a really good point is you know jj reddick uh tony romo they kind of made their splashes by being able to talk about that stuff and, and like have shown like oh this is i love hearing this kind of insight the further they get removed from that it's probably harder for them to make those same connections like it's great to hear from jj reddick because he's like you know i just played against this team a year or two ago and so i can talk about the schemes and how they play but once you're not doing that as much anymore it becomes a little bit harder to to make those same connections well that's why i think the difference though between football and basketball because like how you beat a cover two, I don't think is going to change. How you beat a zone defense, I don't think is going to change. What he's looking for when he sees uh, a safety creeping up or the two linebackers in the box or whatever you want to say, I just think football is so like matchup and play driven and basketball doesn't have this like stop. All right. Hike the ball sort of aspect. I, I because like why like Drew Brees was kind of panned. Yeah, I don't think he's great. Um, I don't think he's very. But good. that was that's one of the that's up there as you know one of the top quarterbacks of all time. Why does he has? I'm assuming he's able to make those same reads and so stuff. So if you would, like, if you had asked me, I think I would have probably said the same thing. Like I'd be interested in seeing Brees. All right, Brees stinks. Like I that's think I'm that surprised. I was just more surprised. I'm surprised that you thought he'd be good. Like I am interested to see how he is, but I, I don't know if I have the same confidence level that I think it's a slam dunk as I would. I'd feel more confident in a Peyton Manning doing that. I, I could, whether or not he's interested in it is a separate right. thing. I don't think he is, and but I think ESPN's done a good job with that Eli Peyton show. Uh, I would say even Eli would be good I because you've seen him in the Peyton, like their dynamic together is good. So. No, well, but I mean, I'll go back to my initial point. No matter if it's Peyton, Eli, or Tom Brady, that is an absurd amount of money. And it's oh, not, yes. it's not, you're not going to get a return on investment there. Yeah. With no guarantee there. That's uh unless they're ready to lock in some massive sponsors. I, I don't know. Like that's it's, like you said, you don't know what your start date is. It's in a crazy amount of money. So yeah. So that's, that's the part of it. Like that's an absurd amount of money. Like how they came to that total 
mind-boggling. Yeah, I am interested to see uh, what it go, what it would be like, though. Like, I, I am. My thoughts are that it, it's not going to be, um, like Tony Ramos had an incredible reaction. Peyton Manning's had a, a good reaction. JJ Redick from a different sport has had good reactions to them. Even Richard Jefferson, in some instances, has seen positive reactions to them getting more involved in commentary or analyst um, mindsets. Um, I I'm not sure if I feel that Brady would will end up having that same reaction. I think I would predict it would be closer to the Drew Brees reaction if I had to. I'm going to mix this up a little bit, um, but same thing. Your LeBron thought made me think of it. Um, I agree. I think I would like to see LeBron too. I think that'd be a, I think that'd be a good broadcast, but you can only pick one. Chris Paul, Chris Paul or LeBron James do broadcast. LeBron. Yeah. Stick with LeBron. Oh, a hundred percent. There's only. I like, for example, the inside the NBA crew, it's right. Oh, now. Charles. Great. Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaq. They're not going to last forever. Nope. We already see Dwayne Wade is, is kind of in their second-tier version of, of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace Parker is Candace a, Parker. a part of that. She's great. Um, yep. Dwayne Wade is is pretty good, too. Who, like, not assuming that, like, those people could potentially jump into those slots, who would your three be to replace... I can't. Can I use Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade? Sure. Yeah. Throw them in there if you want. I like to. them. I think I, I could see them sliding in. And I mean, Wade and LeBron have outstanding chemistry we've seen. Um, so those are your would be Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker. And who is your third person to replace those athletes? I'm quickly running through and thinking of some of the personalities and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I think I'll, I think I would go LeBron Wade and either Candace Parker or Carmelo. I can see like Carmelo Wade and LeBron with how close they are and how much friends they are. I think they could have fun with each other, but then I almost would like want to pit people against each other that are going to butt heads. Um, so I got, do I possibly stick like, I don't want to say it. Uh, Dwight Howard, maybe. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not great. Cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> that was a bad one. I'm leaving it in. I'm turning the volume up on that. Yeah. Um, no, I got, I got mine. And there's obviously my comes with caveats one person needs to retire yep um one person needs to leave the network that they're at yep so uh, first two is draymond and jj reddick okay where i struggle is in that other seat and that other seat here's the people i think candace parker first of all without because I was trying to think of three new people altogether, but I think Candace Parker slots in perfectly within that group. And that would be an incredible trio right there. Just slot her into that group. And I think that's perfect run with that. But um, I was trying to find a foil for like Charles Barkley is usually the goofy one. Um, So, or Shaq is every now and then too. So I was trying to find a third. So there's 
two people. One, I don't know if they're good on camera or not. Blake Griffin, who has done stand-up comedy, could add a little element. He's he's a little of a goofy yeah. guy. I've heard him on podcasts. He's, he's funny. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so I, I think he'd be goofy. And he's, you know, he's a successful basketball player. And uh, so that would be one. And then the only other one uh, I considered, and not for the same reason that I was considering Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin was purely for the goofiness potential aspect. Uh, but CJ McCollum, um, which that's years down the line, he's younger. Oh, yeah. um, but he has his own podcast. I think the way he talks about what I've heard him on podcasts and, and things, I think he speaks really eloquently about basketball. Um, so I think he'd be a good one to fit into that group. I think him and JJ would fit perfectly. And then Draymond would kind of be the loud, uh, but like, incredible, incredibly smart. Like he, his ana- analyst and, and analysis of games is so spot on. He is so smart when it comes to, you know, scheming and basketball uh, strategy and, and stuff like that. So like, but he also would be a really fun character um, to pair with, with, I think JJ who can get it, mix it up too and have fun. Um, but even seeing him with Candace or, which I think he has interacted with Candace on, on broadcast. Um, but even with like someone like a CJ McCollum um, would be really good. All right. I'm going to go. Um, now this is again, caveats and other stuff. And I love your dream on green pick. So I'm going to steal that one from you. I think that's an outstanding one. Um, that was yeah. my number one. Like whenever I, like I yeah, said, he's got to replace him. This is down the road. Um, and I don't know how he is on camera. Again, kind of what you said about Blake Griffin, but I think, Marcus Smart would be good. Um, <laughs> I think I think he could similarly break down games, but kind of has this chip on uh, a little bit of a wild card. Uh, don't know what he's going to get out of him. Um, maybe not always totally PC, but um, I think him and Draymond could butt heads in a similar way that Shaq and Barkley kind of butt heads sometimes. Um, and then I think I still stick with Candace Parker. I think she's done a good job. Um, and kind of, I feel like she can mix with anybody with how she does. I think she does a good job. I think she can just slide into her, uh, into, I think it's just sliding with any trio that you put together. So I think that's a good one. Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, and really far down the line, Anthony Edwards is who they should also consider. <laughs> Like years and I gotta years. learn more about him. That's not bad. Oh, he, he, just watch any of his post game interviews. He's hilarious. So I think he'd be a, a good one. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, with Brady taking that on, um, should be an interesting one to watch. It's gonna be a whole new crew over at Fox Sports anyway. Um, with Joe Buck and Aikman leaving. Um, we got some golf stuff to get into really quick. Um, we saw a bunch of golfers try to submit uh, requests to, uh, I guess, their releases to uh, participate in one of the Saudi Arabia, the LIV um, golf league event that's upcoming. Um, and then the PGA denied those requests. Um, were you surprised that they were denied, including Phil Mickelson was one of the people submitting? No, I don't think I was surprised. And they weren't the only tour to deny. Um, PGA is a business. Why would you let your employees go work for your competitor? Um, and get hurt or anything like that too. Yeah, but like, why are you? Why would you willingly help a competitor? So um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the PGA doing that. Um, I think you're kind of going to segue into this, but you know, Justin's comments, I think Justin Thomas's comments are correct. Now it's, it, now it is stay or you can go. We yeah. up to you. The ball is in your court. You can, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I think is kind of the message from the PGA with that. Yeah. I think JT, um, yeah, that essentially that was his comments. It's kind of like, if you want to go, then just go like, stop, you know, playing this back and forth or talking about, you know, flirting, so to speak with these other, this other opportunity, either do it or don't like, let's, let's play golf. Essentially is kind of like, let's, if you want to go play there, then go play there. If you don't, then like, let's, let's play in the, the PGA tour. Um, so I think it's a huge hit for that league and we'll see if it leads to players just kind of, you know, actually doing what Justin said and, and dropping out and, and leaving the tour. Um, I would be surprised if that happened um, in, in the masses. Um, I think you will see a handful of people do that. Um, but I, it's getting kind of annoying to just keep having this conversation. I, I don't, because I'm so, I care so much about the, the majors and the history of the, the legacies and the tournaments that you know you're already familiar with it's the other league doesn't matter to me as much like obviously more golf is is good um but like i really care about like the significance of like we have we're going to talk about but the pga championship is coming up i'm way more interested in in that than i ever will be in in some event i'm okay with it and the fact that you know competition is is good um even for in like a business model. And if there is anything that, you know, the players are unhappy about, maybe this starts a dialogue between the PGA and the players over, I, I don't know, like different rights or, or media things or, you know, making the league more, more accessible um, at times. Like they lock down a lot of things media wise. So like in that take, I can, but, but yes, I'm, I, I'm not interested in turning into an LIV event. Um, uh, none of the names are pulling me over. I'd watch the Masters ten times more than I would ever watch an LIV event. I'm most most PGA events, I'd rather turn into, and I probably wouldn't watch those. Maybe out of curiosity, I would tune in, but it's not appointment viewing yet. So I'll watch um, the match stuff. Like I'm more interested in this Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, I yeah, I know. In a few weeks, I um, know there's another one coming up. Yeah, against um, is it Brady and Peyton? Um, yeah, there's there's an event in June. I care more about watching that. Like I've enjoyed those those events when they've done them. Um, that that's more interesting to me. Yeah, I would probably more likely tune into that. But um, I think you sold me before we got on here with, um, you know, I kind of the the, and I think it will get some people. But the amount of money was like perplexing to me that I think they, I thought they could pull away some of the top tier talent with the amount of money they were throwing around. But I think you're right. I think, I think these top guys are making more than enough for them. And I think they just want to play the best, beat the best, um, play in these majors, make a legacy, make a name for themselves. So um, I think you're right with that take. I think these big name guys are going to stick around the PGA because they like playing against each other and they like playing against the best on best courses and the best stage yeah and trying to win you know on like you said on those courses in those events 
chasing the the records and numbers and people that they're familiar with. Um, you know, they don't have that same history, obviously, with the league that's just starting. Um, so I think that matters a lot to golfers, especially in an individual sport where you grew up idolizing different people. I think that's something you got into. Like you're hoping to win a major. You're hoping to win as many majors as, you know, X player, whether it's Phil Mickelson or Tiger or Jack or Arnold Palmer or, you know, any of these guys uh, that they grew up hearing about and uh, idolizing, like I said. Um, I think that matters way more to them, um, especially someone like a JT. Um, that's probably why they're saying, cause he just wants to compete. I, I'm, he's trying to win as many as he can. Um, and I think that's what most of these guys, like you said, the money's not bad. It's not to the level of, of live. It's actually still really strong in PGA and, and this stuff, like this league starting, you said competition can be good. It can bring about innovation and change because it now could lead to the PGA being forced to make updates to some of their whether it's their rules or their money payouts or this or the schedule um they will have to factor in and consider some of that stuff um and so it could lead to good changes in the long run for for the pga um but i think overall i think most people are just want to play golf and like you said compete against the best a lot of them are very friendly with the other players on on the tour um they love the courses, they love the events, um, and they're getting paid really well on top of all of that. So, and then I think the, the legacy and history aspect of it, like they, they definitely are chasing those, those moments and trying to get their name added to that. So well, to your original point, why don't we then talk about something we want to talk about in the PGA championship. Even yeah. Like- next weekend. Um, I don't, we're not sure if we're recording next weekend or not. So we want or next week. So we want to get these in. So we have the second major coming up, uh, PGA Championship in Oklahoma, Southern Hills. Uh, looks like we're going to see Tiger again um, at this one. Um, do you have any? We saw Max Homa win one of the more recent uh, tournaments. A good win by him in the Wells Fargo. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the upcoming PGA, and who do you have any favorites, or what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I'm a ride or die guy. I think for now on with my dude, uh, Colin Morikawa, uh, this is where he won his first major. Um, and I think he wins it here. Um, played, played well at the masters. I mean, obviously Scotty stole the show, um, but was still in the mix played well, um, was my pick there. So I'm going to ride him out here. Um, um, and he, runs it back. I mean, not run it back, obviously, because Phil won last year, but get gets himself another PGA championship. Yeah, he won 2020. Phil Mickelson, yeah, won last year, the oldest to win. Was it the oldest to win a major, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely the oldest to win the PGA championship. Yeah. So some title related to his age. Um the big question will be if Scotty can keep his winning streak uh, going and take down this championship. Um, usually a challenging, like last year, the winner was at plus one. Um, Murakawa is, I think, a great pick. He was on my radar of people I was going to choose. Um, I think I'm going to go Rob. Not a bad pick. 
everybody argues that he's the best player in the world right now. He just has a different fire, different level. Like, yeah, Scotty's winning the most, but he, never a bad pick with uh, Ron. Yeah, it was between him and JT as my backup to Morikawa, just so I don't pick the same person. You're really going out on a limb there <laughs> with both of us. No, but I mean, like, I, I'm never going to, like, I feel like it'd be, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, like, Giannis is going to lose, LeBron's going to lose, Brady's going to lose. It's like, you know, I could pick, like, a random name, but it's like, I'd rather, it's more fun to root for these guys at the top that I really like and want to see win. And, and, you know, Rom, Rom's only won one uh, major so far, so. It's wild some of the shit he's gone through though, like at yeah. the memorial and some other things that has happened. Um, but I, I'm hoping for a good last day. Like, like the Masters was great, but there was no it, the excitement right after um, Smith put in the drink on twelve. Like it was done, and it was still yeah. even up to that point. He wasn't really in striking distance, so I just hope we we have a battle going down. Like into the back nine and headed to, you know, 17, 18. That's, that's really what I'm, uh, that's really, really what I'm rooting for. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a close one. I'm going to, I would predict a one, one shot, uh, victory will be my guess. Um, so yeah, we'll, we're excited for that second major, the, of the season, see who ends up coming away with that, whether it's a repeat, um, winner or a newbie altogether. Um, so we'll, we'll keep our eyes there. Um, until then, and we'll see about recording next week. Uh, might not be able to get together for a couple weeks. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can make it work and check in on the NBA. Um, and, uh, maybe do some more, uh, predictions for, for the tournament and, and things there. Okay. So thanks for listening, everyone.